Hey everyone, how you doing today? It is Monday and this is topic number three with Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, still here. Still here. Well, hey everybody, you may be hearing this little monster making noise. This is Jimbo, he is my dog. He is 15, I apologize if you hear him on the microphone, but uh, he is not feeling well. He no longer walks, so I have to carry him everywhere. So th this is him, he's saying hi. I'm going to try to keep him off camera, but you never know when he shows up. So sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't think him. I've heard him. I don't oh. think I've heard him much. Oh, good. I, I just never know how sensitive that mic is. Anyways, yeah. this is this is topic number three. And this is this is something I've been wanting to ask you a lot and just have its own conversation because I think we brought it up a, a couple of times. Yeah. So let's think about it. This is out there a lot. What do you think about an individual in the kind of, hey, should you own your home or should you rent? Mm -hmm. Right, right. I, I think I think Grant Cardone says you should you should rent what where you live and own what you rent or something like that. I mean, wh where do you come down on that kind of concept? So I think it's individual. You know, it just depends on the individual. Not everybody can rent because there's not always the uh, product you're looking for. Not everybody can live in an apartment. Not everybody can live in a house. You know, so you know it's really it's an individual thing, and. Um, in the, in, you know, it depends on how long you want to be somewhere. So the risk you have with renting other than maybe an apartment is that you might be displaced. If it's a house or something like that, it gets sold. Somebody might want to move in. So, um, you know, people, some people want yards, they want their own place. So it really doesn't matter. I guess what we're really talking about is, does it make financial sense to own versus rent? That's really the, the conversation. That's really what Grant Cardone is talking about. And, you know, in this day and age, talking just general retail. Now there's always deals that you can find and buy a fixer upper and build equity. But in the whole scheme of things, if you look at just buying right now, retail price for a house at the top of the market, by the time you get done paying taxes, insurance, maintenance, and you know all these other things um, and the down payment that you have to put on a house, let's assume you got to put 20% down. I know there's programs for first time buyers and there's new programs coming, but let's just you know talk about that. And I've done a video on this, I think, um, before where I actually did the ROI on it. You will, you will actually come out better taking that money and investing it in other things and growing it versus parking it in a house that you live in because it's a constant expense. You're going to spend money on it, takes money to maintain it. You know, we're not seeing housing exponentially grow like we have in the past. Now, it has the last couple of years, but that's been, you know, artificially created through interest rates. You know, it hasn't been a natural appreciation thing. And we know housing on average just goes up about 10% a year or something like that. I'm, you know, whatever it's been historically, and then you can equate it to stocks and things like that. So I think right now we're in a very tricky time because we're at the peak of the market in housing. It's very expensive, but rates are low. So it's, it's almost cheaper to uh, own or as cheap to own as it is to rent in terms of the cost monthly. But, you know, that long-term, you know, cost of ownership is, is where, you know, it can, it can catch you. Yeah, this is probably the most common question. I must get this 10 times a week from somebody in the Bay Area, right? So the Bay Area is kind of its own sub-market, right? It is, it is the land of $2 million, 1950 ranch homes. It's just nutty. And yes, mm -hmm. I do mean that. I mean, Palo Alto, is their average median, I think, is $1.5 million, and they're just old homes or older homes. Um, and I get it from tech workers a lot, right? Sh should I buy? Should I buy in this crazy market? Mm -hmm. And I think there is that economic decision that you talk about cheaper to rent versus buy. And it's really skewed in the Bay Area. Uh, but really where I come down to this, again, I go back to my background. It's the only thing I have. Owning the single family home in Sunnyvale, California is what saved my family 
a couple of different mm-hmm. times being economic turmoil because it was the ATM. Um, yeah, it's a for it's an ATM and it's a forced savings plan for a lot of people, you know, so it's, you know, even if you don't build value and gain equity through appreciation, you're paying down principal over time. And then right now, it's so cheap, you know, to borrow, it almost makes a lot of sense to buy because interest rates are so cheap. You know, even if there is no appreciation, you're still paying down. So you're going to have something at the end of the day that you can exchange. So I think from a long-term standpoint, if you're going to be somewhere permanently long-term, it might make more sense to own than rent. But then again, you got to take care of it. You got to maintain it. So when you add those costs of replacing the roof, the HVAC, the paint, all the different things you got to do, landscaping, just all that upkeep, you know, financially, you know, we'd have to put it into a spreadsheet with today's numbers and kind of see how that worked. If you reinvested, let's say you made 5% on that money that you would otherwise be putting into the house, mm-hmm. how you come out at the end of the day, but you have to be disciplined. And then like you said, you know, you can't, you can't tap equity that's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting, you know, formula to do. Yeah, the thing that I talk about is, is yes, there is that economic decision, but really I'm glad you brought it up. What I tell most people is I, I actually, I don't want the primary residence to be a math decision, at least for most people. I, I ask them, hey, how long are you going to stay there? Mm-hmm. Right? Because the Silicon Valley, again, this is very, very specific. It's the most questions I get. And if by the way, mm-hmm. there is an exodus of the tech companies from Silicon Valley now. Exactly. You know, that's, that's in the headlines right now. You know, it's the new, it was Vegas. Now it's Silicon Valley. Oh, absolutely. I'm seeing it all over. But what I tell people is if, if you plan, if, you're, if your vision, if your plan is to be in the Bay Area less than four years, rent just mm-hmm. just rent you just don't know we have our we have cycles they can be nasty and again a 10 percent down payment could be wiped out quickly in the bay area right we're very kind of up and down we're not the midwest where we're stable in price and then the other thing i tell them is hey if you're going to be here for 20 years this is your forever home your kids are going to go to that grade school that middle school that high school it doesn't matter it just go buy something. Yeah. And it's going to be really interesting to see the effects, you know, and how things shake out here over the next few years with Palo Alto and and Silicon Valley, because, you know, if these companies start leaving, um, you know, for Miami, for Arizona, for um, uh, where is it in Texas that they're all going? Austin, Austin. Texas. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, that's really going to affect real estate and values in that area because that's what's driven it is all the tech tech companies and, you know, tech entrepreneurs that can afford to pay whatever. Yeah. It's funny you brought that up because that was a big concept in my daily financial news yesterday. And really what it is to me, having lived here for five decades, is what we are missing out right now is the next generation. The Bay Area has always Mm -hmm. gone up stupid numbers because we just kept cycling in the next generation right now. We are seeing millennials, who I believe are the most important generation to watch. They've, they've dwarfed the, or more important than the baby boomers now. And they're choosing not to come here. They're choosing Nashville, Austin, mm-hmm. Miami. That, that could be very destructive to the Bay Area long-term. We will see what happens after the vaccine rolls out, see if it just is a blip. I'm gonna guess it's a trend and California better wake up because that slow leak is gonna build and if we don't have that next generation coming in, paying 1.2 for a 1950 house, uh, they're going to fall in price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's already starting to happen a little bit. I mean, housing is still pretty strong because there just isn't, you know, it's just a supply problem. Inventory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The whole not, not in my backyard, nim- NIMBY, not in my backyard, <laughs> yeah. yeah, is a big thing in the Bay Area. I think it started here. We, we, haven't, we haven't had a significant housing community in the Bay Area in 
I don't know, decades. I mean, it always goes out further and further. If you don't know the area, it'd be like Morgan Hill, uh, you know, just, just out that way. So again, I guess own versus rent really is a personal decision. It is a time decision, how long you're going to stay there. Again, I'll go back to, if you're going to be in the Bay Area for less than four years, don't bother. It's very risky. You won't, you got 8% of selling costs when you get out. So mm -hmm. that's just dangerous, right? And that's almost anywhere. So I grew up in a military family. We moved all the time and we, you know, well, we bought, as far as I know, my, my parents bought houses three times in my early childhood. Before that, I don't know if they rented or, or what they mm -hmm. did, but it was the same philosophy. You know, it's kind of always been, if you're going to be somewhere five years or less, you're better off renting. If you're going to be there five years or longer, it, it might make more sense to own. That's been kind of the rule of thumb in real estate in general, but you know, all bets are off and, and, you know, things are, um, you know, it's all personal. Like you said, it's up to the individual and it's a, it's a personal decision. Yep. And then again, something you brought up that can't be missed is for most folks, it is the largest, frankly, savings account they have. Yeah. It's a forced savings every month. So. Yeah, it is. So that, you know, there's something nice about being, you know, down the road, 20, 30 years and you got a house paid for free and clear, you know, cause you got to live somewhere. So you're yep. paying, it's just, you know, what, what is that cost of ownership long-term? You're going to keep a house 20, 30 years. How much do you have to put into it to keep it up? So that's from a financial standpoint, that's the calculation. And, you know, I haven't spreadsheeted out that whole thing, but um, maybe next yeah, time and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Greg, well, I appreciate you taking these uh, three topics from the car dealership. It's always, uh, it's always great to talk to you. I enjoy our Mondays together. Have a, have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thanks buddy.